0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com.
1: You are active and you communicate with us, Lord, just all the time. That you're always speaking, Lord. Help us to always be listening, Lord, as you're always speaking. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're teaching us and showing us, Father. So we bless you in your name, Lord. Amen. All right, guys, let's welcome Jenny Loveland. She's got an amazing word. We're going to continue. Yeah, we're going to continue the discipleship series, specifically the soul strength. So Jenny's got uh, an amazing word prepared. And all right, thank you. Thanks, Jenny.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Oh, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Hope you all are well. <clears throat> last time I was here, you all entertained me with some jumping jacks. That's so cool. I'm so excited about that. I thought today we would do some body squats, but last night I got a gnarly back spasm, so we're not going to do that. If you'd like to, I encourage it. Get the blood flowing. Um, <clears throat> but I'm glad to be here today. We've been talking about soul strength and what that looks like in our mind and our will and our emotions. And last week, Luke did an awesome job of opening us up with the restoration of our soul and that we can actually tell our soul, right, to be strengthened. We can speak to it. And we also looked a little bit at what we believe in our souls, so, today we're going to get into some really fun stuff with emotions. Yeah? And I personally am actually very excited about this today because I have a passion, a personal passion for wholeness. About 11 years ago, I was introduced to inner healing. And for the last seven, I've been studying and ministering and just being amazed by what God does in this area. And it's a passion, a personal passion of mine, that the church would be a beacon of light in a dark place right now of spiritual wellness and a dark place of emotional health and really a place that's plagued by disease. So I am hoping and I'm praying today that I could deposit just a little bit of what the Father has just shown me in the amazing things that he can do to bring us into a place of wholeness so that we, as a body of vine life, can walk in emotional prosperity. Amen? So with that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness and your presence And we stand here in awe, Lord, of who you are and what you have given us through Jesus. And today, my prayer, Lord, is that you would just begin to awaken our hearts in this area of our soul, in our emotions. That you would strengthen us, Lord, not to be in fear or in shame, God but to rise up victorious as your beautiful and healthy bride in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, just have your way. Come, minister your word, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's open our Bibles to Jeremiah 17, if you would. I want to start with just a little bit of a word picture for you guys as we dive into this. Starting in verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Amen? So when we look at that verse and we talk about strengthening our soul, it's easy to see that we have some choices to make in this area. Are we going to trust in ourselves or are we going to trust in God? And I don't know about you, but when I think about becoming a dry shrub in the desert... I'm not real excited about that. Because when I think about tumbleweeds, and we live in Colorado, so there's like a few million of those here, and they're you know rolling around, what happens? They get stuck in stuff. They get entangled. And I know personally, when I think about not only being a dry shrub in a parched land, that makes me thirsty right now, but I'm also just blowing in the wind until the entanglement of life catches me. That doesn't sound nearly as strong or amazing as being a tree planted by a river with its roots right there in the source of life and refreshment and nourishment. And what I love specifically, is it says, blessed is the man who trusts and hopes in the Lord. He's like basically a thriving tree not fearing what is ahead or being anxious when things aren't as they should be, but is always bearing fruit in season. And when we talk about emotional health, fear, anxiety, worry, those are some of the big heavy hitters in this area. And if we're trusting in the Lord, and we're that tree with those roots in the water, then we don't have to worry. We don't have to have fear about what we can't control. We don't have to be anxious about tomorrow because what does the word say? Tomorrow's got enough going on. And amazingly enough, we're going to bear fruit. We will bear fruit. It might be in a certain season, but it's going to happen. Amen? So as we're talking today... I just want those two pictures to be in the shrub when we trust in ourselves and this beautiful tree thriving when we trust in the Lord. So one of our greatest struggles is knowing what to do with our thoughts and our choices and our emotions. And it's a subject that we talk about in a general sense, of submitting our life to Jesus and being filled with his spirit so that we can stop struggling, so that we can stop having unhealthy thoughts, so we can just don't worry, be happy. Right? Come on, I know you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of places where we, especially in the world right now, Where we just like, come on, just be happy, just be positive, just get it together. Just pull up your bootstraps, it's all good. And if we only focus on the Spirit, which is by far the most powerful and the most intimate connection we have to God in order to thrive in this area, it's not the only place. We're talking about soul strength In this series, because it is vitally important that we understand that God did not forget about those parts of us. And when we talk about emotional health, we maybe have been told to get over it, but some of us have lived so long with a toxic emotional life that our identity is stuck in a silent state of keeping it together. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I know I can. I know I've been in those seasons. Or if I just keep it together, it'll be all right. But Jesus. And the good news is that God's grace is sufficient and available at all times and in many different ways so that when we trust in him with our most difficult emotions, we not only get to experience the depths of his nature, but we get to see that through his voice and his word and his people, that we can have each emotion and experience it in a way that are, that we can bring our soul into freedom and we can thrive like that tree. So why are we so emotional? I know, it's awesome. I'm a woman up here and I get to talk about being emotional because I'm not at all. Not even the slightest. <laughs> well, when we look at Scripture, we see that Jesus wept over the future destruction of Jerusalem. And he was in grief at the morning of the death of Lazarus. He had a zealous anger at the defilement of his house of prayer. He was moved by compassion over the lost and the needy. And he was greatly troubled, moaning, and distressed over the many circumstances of life, specifically the call on his life, and painfully so, even the betrayal of one of his closest friends. I mean, if we can't understand right there that just those few that we, I listed, those few emotions, that Jesus was an emotional being, then, then we're done. But I think we need to understand that acknowledging that we're emotional is really just validating the fact that we are made in God's image. We are made in this complex, never-ending nature that's full of emotion. And obviously most exciting is that Jesus was filled with an enormous amount of love, furious love. And so when we are able to admit that we have these various emotions, and we acknowledge that we're made in God's image, we can start to look at why. Jesus said there'd be tribula- tribulation in this life, but to rejoice because he has overcome the world. So we're to be in it, emotional roller coaster and all, but not to be trapped by it, not to be that tumbleweed in a dry land. So, just as I explained some of the emotions that Jesus had, there are so many different emotions, but we can often only recognize a few of them. Like, if I were going to ask you if you've been dealing with anger, you might say, No, not really. I've just been really frustrated with some things in my life. Or if I asked you if you're feeling like maybe you've had some struggles with depression. And I said, no, not really. I just am feeling a little bit, you know, helpless. Like I'm never going to get out of this situation. In working in the inner healing ministry, something that we've done sometimes with people when they come in and they're like, I just don't know where I'm at. I'm all over the board. We hand them uh, an emotional identification sheet. Okay, it's got over 200 emotional descriptors. We only really talk about, you know, maybe five, six, fear, anxiety, maybe loneliness. And so we ask our clients to just get with the Lord, go through the list, and just note which ones they're having, just at all. And then maybe go back and rate it intensity of zero to ten. And it never stops amazing me that people will come in feeling, you know, saying this is what I'm, this is what's going on with me. And they'll mark something a zero or, you know, they'll skip over it. But then in another place, right? They'll have like a ten. Like abandonment. Abandonment is a really interesting one. No, I'm not, I'm not struggling with that at all but man, I feel forgotten right now in my home. I feel really unseen. You see what's happening here? Okay, now we we use that for various different reasons, but I want you to start understanding that you have more than just like five emotions, and that's okay. And that doesn't, I don't say that so that we can be in condemnation of calling it out. Like, oh my gosh, I feel forgotten and now I'm abandoned and now I have to figure out where have I been abandoned. That's not necessarily it. But we live in a culture where we don't really want to talk about exactly what's going on. But we need to acknowledge the fact that there are so many things happening inside that it's important that we can identify. Because that's then where we can invite Jesus in with his truth. I love how Pastor Luke said that our soul has like this dashboard of what's going on inside of us. And sometimes we've learned to diminish the truth of what's happening. And so instead of tending to the problem, we just drive around unsure of when we're actually going to break down. And I love this right now because my car my like computer system is totally whacked, and so my gas gauge doesn 't work. My tire gauge is off now, my traction light is flashing this the what is it the service engine light that 's been on for years. okay. So here I am with this dashboard <laughs> that 's basically screaming at me. Take me in! But every time we take it in, they're like, it's just the computer. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want you to have a broken dashboard, okay? I think that 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 analogy is so awesome because when your gas light goes on, are you like, meh? Are you like, oh shoot, where's the next gas station? How do I get there? Okay, and if you're me and that light is broken, then I have to go by how many miles I've driven to know when I need to get gas. And that's awesome, because we found out that this winter, when I'm idling the car, waiting at school, I'm burning gas, people, but I'm not driving anywhere. (laughs) So I have to go get gas a little sooner than I used to. (laughs) So I, I love that when we can say that our emotions are that warning light going on in the dashboard of ourselves, we can actually identify whether we're having the sign of a major malfunction, like anxiety or depression. But maybe it's just an indication that we simply have an unmet need in our life. And this is really important. Because not every emotion that we're having is massively critical. Sometimes you have a bad day. And it's okay to have a bad day. And sometimes, you're kind of stuck in a swirl of something that's really just an unmet need. And so we don't need to be in this, like, travail and tribulation over what's going on. We need to ask ourselves, why is that light on? What does that mean? Okay, so in an example of that would be for anybody here who's had a child or taking care of a small child. Okay, how many sleepless nights in the beginning do you have? Like, you're not getting sleep, you're probably not getting a shower, you're barely getting food into your mouth, you're not sure if you got dressed for the day, you can't remember anything. Okay, what's going on here? You have a lack of sleep. But that's causing you to be like, ah. You know, ah, oh, don't talk to me, don't do that, what are you doing, I'm grouchy. Well, why are you grouchy? Is it because you have an anger issue? Or is it that you need to get some sleep? (laughs) That's like coming to the table and being authentic with what is going on on that dashboard. Am I getting close to needing gas in the tank? Or am I, like, on fumes? And I think it's always interesting when you look at new parents, and I've been through this three times, you kind of start questioning, like, maybe I'm just... Completely a jerk. Maybe I can't do this. Well, Jesus, why did you give me these children? I can't do this. I'm horrible. I cannot do this. I can't even tie my shoe. Okay, studies have shown that new parents are so sleep deprived that their behavior is actually likened to a drunk driver. That's awesome because all of us new parents are driving everybody around too. <laughs> I think we need a sign on the back, right? Not baby on board, sleep-deprived parent driving this vehicle. <laughs> so I, when we get into that place of questioning, like, am I horrible? Okay, we have to be really careful in that space. But if we can be authentic with what's going on and we can actually see that sign, then we can ask some questions. Well, maybe I just need to get some rest and see what happens. Maybe I need to actually have a good meal. Maybe the grace of God right now in my life, in this place that I'm struggling, is in my neighbor bringing me food. And, that, and I need to be okay with that. Like, I don't need to, I got it. I'm awesome. I can do it all. I got my, my food cooked and two hours of sleep, and I, I can do it all. No. But when we sit there in this place and we start really questioning Am I a fit parent? Did Jesus mess up when he sent me this child? If we stay there for too long, and for some people, we really are getting into a major malfunction, and that's probably postpartum depression. And that also is a really tough space. And that's when that warning, those warning signs are going on on the dashboard that we need to see that a major malfunction is about to happen so unmet needs are the dashboard lights identifying an unmet need that can spike an emotional response and so maybe we just need to tend to them or do we have a greater issue happening and we need to look at a lie that maybe we've taken on about who we are and where we're at and this is where our spirit and our mind need to be tended to. So we're these emotional people, and what do we do with all of this? Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness... How great is that darkness? Has anyone ever heard the saying, don't believe everything you think? And I would add to that, don't believe everything you feel. There's a statistic that we have up to 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000, that's a lot. And of those 60,000 swirling thoughts, 80% are negative. And of that percent, another 80% are subconscious. What? So basically if our eye is the lamp and it needs to be either in light or darkness but we're having 60,000 subconscious thoughts a day and 80% of them are negative then I think we might be up against the fact that there's like negative brainwashing going on that we aren't even aware of. That's crazy to me. We have to be careful what we're sitting with. We can't always believe everything that we think, and we can't always believe everything that we feel. Because that's what they are. They're just feelings. They're just thoughts. Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf, if any of you know who who she is, amazing things that you can do. And Mike Dudley is going to be talking about our mind and what we can do in that space. Because we're not hopeless, okay? We got this big old brain that we only use this small percentage of, and I personally believe that that is just limited to Earth. I don't think that God was like, eh, I'll give you all this brain, but we'll just use a smidge of it. I just had some extra going on. No, I think that there's more that we get to do with it, okay? By the year 2030, the World Health Organization has predicted that depression... Will be the single leading cause of disability globally. Globally. Jesus has given us keys to that problem. But I don't think we can ignore the fact that that's in a very alarming statistic. We have to be able to move into personal, emotional stewardship because when we look at our emotions in a healthy way, we bring them into the light. And if Jesus is the light and Jesus is the truth, we can be that tree that's thriving, trusting in him, not being anxious, not having fear, not having worry, not um, being empty. We're yielding fruit. Okay, And I think part of the reason that that is such an alarming statistic is because we move in an extreme of handling our emotions. We either have total suppression or total denial or we have an identity. It's like the world that we live in. This creates a very toxic lifestyle, if we feel that there is no hope, and we just keep repeating that news in addition to the other 80% that's going on, now everything that you see and everything you do is through that lens. That becomes an emotional toxicity, okay? That, that light means we are going to break down if we stay in that place. And when we get in emotional toxicity, it can completely transfer to our bodies and to our spirits. And many of you have probably heard us talk you know, before, or if you've been in Perfect Love or anywhere around there, that we have a vitally important three-part being. Body, soul, and spirit. And sometimes in our culture in the church, we focus primarily on the spirit, right? I said that earlier. Well, that is obviously the most powerful place that we stay connected to God. But in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul writes, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul's expressing in his prayer that we might have our whole being, not just our spirits. The whole thing yielded to the will of God, which comes what? From the God of peace. Peace in your mind, peace in your body, peace in your soul, the whole package. And when our soul becomes neglected or toxic, it can directly transfer into our spirit or our bodies. And even science points to the importance of this connection. 70 to 80% of the most common illnesses we see today can be linked directly to our emotional health. There's even major health practices that are beginning to encourage wellness, specifically in our thoughts in our spiritual connectedness to complement cardiovascular health to complement cancer treatment. And I love this because this is like the moans of the earth just crying out like, "Hey, we have an answer. We know the answer. You just need Jesus and then we can do this, okay? This is not uncommon. Okay, but we live in this place of happy thoughts. I was listening to this incredible podcast and this woman was talking about how cancer patients You know, get fed this. Just be positive. Just if you're positive, it'll all be okay. It's going to be fine. And that sort of is a disservice to the reality that they're living in, that they may actually die. If we don't let each other and ourselves be authentic with what we're feeling, we can't just be in this positivity place. And I feel like that creates a culture that's passive, not resilient. Because when we can see that we are more than conquerors, we can overcome, and we're in that space, and we can be with someone in it, how are you feeling? I feel horrible. I don't know what to do. Let's be there together right now. We're not going to stay there. Like I tell some people, sometimes we need a timer with some of the emotions, right? Three minutes, have your pity party, go. But when that goes off, what are we going to do about it? (laughs) When we look uh, through the ministry of Jesus, it's common to see this revolving door between our three parts. For toxic in the mind, we become toxic in our body. We're toxic in the spirit, we become toxic in the mind. We're toxic in our body, we become toxic in our spirit. It's a fascinating thing to see. And I really believe that Jesus is just handing out keys left and right now of this, because we are not in a healthy place as a culture. I mean, 80% depression globally? Mm Mm-mm, that's not okay with me, personally. So this goes back to the dashboard and the warning signs of our deeper issues. And when we invite Jesus, who is truth, to help us understand the root cause of these flashing lights, we can even map out physically some of the effects of our spiritual or emotional toxicity. I'll give you a short testimony about this. We had this one lady who came in who was dealing with a lot of autoimmune issues. I mean, all over the board, thyroid, arthritis, food intolerances, food intolerances. She was having, like, cysts growing. It was just, she was tired of it. She was doing all this stuff for her health. You know, she was like, ah, I'm eating better. I'm doing all this stuff. But what is this? And so we just had a conversation. I said, I don't know. We could ask Jesus. He might have the answer. I have no idea. And so I asked her to tell me exactly what some of the, you know, diagnosis she had been given, so to speak. The name it to claim it thing. And we looked up some research from other um, inner healing ministers over the years who have mapped out specific physical conditions with emotions. And so I looked up the condition. I went backwards, looked up the condition, and wrote down what some of the emotions were and what some of the lies or you know, spiritual struggles there would be there. Just had it with me, mapped it out let her talk, had her tell us, you know, where she at, what's the most prevalent thing going on in her life, anything that was outside of the fact of her physical peace, right? I said, all right, well, let's just ask the Lord what he wants to say about this. And so we asked her, you know, can you ask Jesus to show you where some of these things are in your body? And this was, like, the craziest thing. He gave her a Post-it note tab, And he had her write these words on the post-it notes and place them on her body. It was amazing. Oh, well, I've been feeling really lonely, or I can't remember what the things were, but whatever it was, the things that were, like, right in her face. For some reason, he wants me to put this on my neck, and I feel like this goes on my stomach. This isn't, you guys, this is so weird. It's not making any sense. And we're like, just go with it, because he's, He's telling you something. I pulled out this mapping I had done ahead of time, and I'm not kidding you, to a T. The Lord was putting these words and these woundings and these struggles on the places that they were manifesting in her body. It blew me away. And we were like, well, Jesus is here, and he wants to do something in this. And I don't know what that looks like, and I think you're going to probably need to still be stewarding your health, and I think you need to go and have some fun, but I think we also need to talk to Jesus and ask him what he wants to do in your emotional health. Amen? And she was like, yes. Now, I haven't talked to her in, in a while, but she, it wasn't that, like, suddenly everything was gone, but an awareness awoke in her to those dashboard lights. She's like, wow, I didn't... Realize I wasn't dealing with this. And even just knowing that made her physically feel better. You know what I'm saying? So, when we recognize that there's a warning light on in our emotions, what do we do? Well, we learn to steward ourselves and the gifts and the graces that God has given us. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 As each one has received a gift, Minister it to one another as a good steward of the manifold grace of God. And that word steward there is okinomos, meaning to arrange one's house. Be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. And when we can steward and arrange our internal house, then we can steward our gifts to the whole house, right? Your testimony, your, what you can relate to, what you've done, what, whatever your story is, your story is intertwined in the story of Jesus. And if we arrange this house, you guys, can you imagine that beacon of light to the world, why are these people so healthy and happy? They got the juju going on in here. So good stewards. I'm going to give you four practical steps. So for those of you who like to take notes, this is your cue. Four steps to steward your emotional prosperity. Number one, vulnerability and authenticity to engage in self-awareness. And let me note that self-awareness, let's not confuse that with deep introspection. While introspection is absolutely amazing and needed, sometimes we get into an introspective place where all we're doing is looking for the bad. Okay, and what did I say? 60,000 thoughts and 80% are negative. We're going to find some bad stuff in there. Okay? And maybe that's exactly what we need to look for. But when we talk about self-awareness, this is just simple. Oh, hey, there's a light on. Do I need to get gas? I don't know. The check engine light's flashing. I Maybe I should take that in. Okay? Self-awareness is taking note of what's happening. And when we do that with authenticity and vulnerability, we can identify our actual feelings or emotions, not for condemnation, Not for shame, but to acknowledge the reality of how you are feeling. And if we show up to ourselves, with ourselves, and with others, this isn't so we can have a pity party, but it's so we can move into that resiliency, that we can overcome, that we can be a conqueror. Bill Johnson said something a while back that always stuck with me. If you don't feel joy, it's kind of like your car keys. Where did you leave it? Okay, I wake up. I'm joyful. I'm in the car. I'm singing a song. Woo! Jesus is good. Life is great. I'm walking into work. Oh, oh, I feel horrible. I feel anxiety. My stomach is crunching up, and I can't. I'm sweating. I don't know what's going on. Where is my joy? I don't know. Where did you leave it? Just like you look for the keys, right? Okay, well, let me turn around and go back. Okay, first I came in the do- oh, I came in the door. I was good when I was outside with my coffee, but I was bad when I came in the door. This is self-awareness. And just simply pause there. Wow. So I am totally happy person when I wake up. I am a morning person. But I am not a work person. What is up with that? (laughs) Ask the Lord, what is this? Why do I get so anxious? Probably it's something like this. I do not like my job. I am not fulfilled at my job. I work too hard at my job. I'm away from my family when I'm at my job. Uh, The list goes on. Now we can be authentic and we can be vulnerable with the fact that we don't like our job. And it gives me anxiety. I don't live in a world of anxiety. I work in my anxiety. So I don't have to be in this place like, I'm an anxious person and I can't do this. No, maybe we need to talk about getting a new job. Maybe we need to talk about how we approach our job. Maybe we need to talk about what we say to ourselves to get that negative thought out as I walk into my job. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. I do not have fear. I trust in the Lord. I will not worry. I will not be anxious. I have no idea. But the point here is to be authentic in self-awareness. Number two, community and the grace of others. And this is both personal and professional. You know, sometimes we don't want to talk about what's going on. And that's not totally understandable. But sometimes the grace, the provision that God has for you is simply through a conversation. It may not resolve your problem. It may not suddenly, you know, be some sort of divine impartation. But it may simply be the fact that the grace of God is in your neighbor. Maybe they have a need, and that need takes your focus off of your need. Maybe they want to share a testimony, and that lifts you up. Community is vitally important because isolation is one of the fastest ways to become locked in a silent prison of your emotion. We need people, friends, mentors, family, ministers, and sometimes we need professionals. Sometimes we need to go to the doctor. Sometimes we need to get an adjustment. Sometimes we need to see a nutritionist. Sometimes we need a prescription. God's grace is available through every single one of us. He created those people and those places so that he could help you. Jesus said he would leave his spirit to guide us into greater things, but he also said to love one another, which implies we need someone around us to love and to be loved by. We aren't meant to be alone. And so if the only time you're being authentic is on social media... Or maybe the only time that you actually talk about your problem is the coffee person. I have no idea. But you're not engaged in community. You're not in relationship with people. It may be one person. It may be everybody in here. I have no idea. But isolation is not where we were designed to be. Boundaries, number three. Fortify your city. We talked about this last week, Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. You protect what you value. And I want to suggest that you protect the value of the city in your soul. If we don't have boundaries in our life and it's being broken into... It's being plundered. When you're in a state of anxiety, that's not a healthy place to be. You need to say no. You need to say no to some things. You need to say no to some people. You need to take a pause in a relationship if it's toxic. Boundaries are so important to your emotional health. And sometimes, on the other side of that, if you're dealing with depression, maybe, you need to let somebody in and be authentic and be real. Fortify your city. This is all very important. And last, body, soul, and spirit care, because you want to keep your healing. We can't pray out cholesterol, and we can't pray out debt. Well, we can, but uh, that's another discussion. Basically, we can't ignore the world around us. And our emotions are the warning signs of where we need to get a tune-up. Get rest. Sleep. Do some light exercise. Eat healthy. Not to be in condemnation or striving. Oh, my gosh. Don't be healthy out of striving. Be healthy because it feels good. Be healthy because when you've got that rest and you've had a good meal, you're not grumpy, man. We'd all be really happy about that, right? Have a cup of coffee. (laughs) If we're healthy, then we don't have to question the type of fuel that we're putting in. We just have to question why we're dragging. If I'm slow, I'm not like, oh, did I put the wrong kind of gas in? No, because I got rest. I've been taking care of myself. But maybe I have some junk in the trunk that's weighing this car down. Keep your healing. Have fun. Go on an adventure. Treat yourself to a spa day. Get off your devices and be present. Oh, with each other. But Brian and I, like, we were going through some stuff. With he was stressed out at his job, which was stressing me out, and we were just, you know, in that awesome tension of married life, intense fellowship. I was talking to Carla and sharing in in this group, in our discipleship group, and I was like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I know that God is with us. I know he's got this under control, but man, I am not feeling it. And that's not, I mean, how many of you are like, I know that Jesus is Lord. I know that he gives me everything, but man, my pocketbook doesn't feel it. Okay, that's, that's real. That's being authentic with the fact. And she asked me an amazing question. So do you think maybe like the truth in your spirit's just not landing in your soul? Like, that's a brilliant question and really simple. Yes, yes. And like five days later, I think, we went out of town together and had a little adventure. And guess what? We didn't even have to talk about what was going on at home. Like, We just needed to have fun. We just needed to be together because I knew that Jesus was Lord. I knew the truth that he was working in us, but I needed to feel something. And my soul tank, it was empty. And lastly, spiritual health. Get into the word. Fall in love with it. Challenge yourself to read a chapter and just Verse by verse, ask the Lord, what's my story in this story? What are you saying in me right now? How do I not be the tumbleweed? How do I become this thriving tree? Pray. Pray for someone daily and record when when that prayer is answered. And celebrate. Take the long way home and turn up the worship music and get lost. In undone worship. Spiritual health, keep your healing. We're more than conquerors in Christ, which implies that we have things to conquer. We don't want to be passive or just think happy thoughts. We want to let our emotions lead us into the depths and the nature of God so that we can move with Him into freedom so that we can become a thriving tree. And most importantly, so we can have a resilient life. Because Jesus did suffer, and he overcame. And in this life, we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for behold, I have overcome the world. Amen? All right, so let's, let's stand up. Let's land this plane. Holy Spirit, we invite you here right now. And if you're in agreement, just give him permission to move in your body, to move in your soul, to move in your spirit right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, we just bring before you right now the most prevalent emotion that we're feeling. If it's joy, then we give you praise. And if it's sorrow, we ask you to be there holding our tears, Father. But we, you just reveal to each of us on a personal level, in our language, Lord. of the lights on our dashboard that you want us to deal with. Where we've been trusting in ourselves like a tumbleweed. Thank you, Lord. And as he's revealing that to you, you just to hold on to it and if you're in agreement give him permission to have his way with it and I want us all to do an activating exercise right now we're going to do a meditation exercise, a little doxosoma body praise here, okay Psalm 103, says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And so I want you to just breathe in. Bless the Lord, all my soul. And with all that is within me, breathe it out. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And when you are struggling with that emotion, or you don't know what to do with that dashboard light, I want you to just remember this exercise. And it, because it's moving something. It's moving the spirit of God into your spirit. It's taking your body, and it's acknowledging the truth of Jesus. Jesus and it is telling your soul you will praise the lord i will be victorious in jesus name bless the lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And we bless you, God. And we thank you that you strengthen our soul. And we thank you that you have created us to have emotions just like you, Father. That we would see every complex dimension of your nature. And, God, we would be in awe. And we would be set free. And we would be that thriving tree of living waters, God, fueling us so that we would become more than conquerors over fear and depression and anxiety in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let's hear from the Lord. Amen. Good
1: word. Good word. Did you ever wonder why we're hearing these things? I don't know if that crossed anybody's mind or not, but I wanted to share something real quickly with you. Jen's word this morning is absolutely critical to a community that is going on mission. To a community that's preparing to go on mission. These things address, in this case, soul strengths. Because we're going to need those as we go on mission. The picture I'd like to share with you, for you to take home, is this. You know, the strawberry... The strawberry is the only fruit known to man that has its seed on the outside. Did you know that? All other fruits have their seeds on the inside. But the strawberry has its seeds on the outside. And how much is that like the kingdom of God? We are the fruit. We're the strawberry. But the seed of the kingdom is all on the outside of us. It's all those people that we know. All those people that we interact with. And so what we're preparing to do is to be good strawberries. Yeah. Because what's the mission of a strawberry? To make another strawberry. Right? So that's why we're hearing these things is because we're getting ready to go be good strawberries. Please remember that next time you eat a strawberry. <laughs> Ministry team, could you come please? A couple closing things here. Um. First of all, on the back table in the corner, there is a map, a road map for a year-long Bible study. You heard Jen talk today about emotional health and being in the Word. So swing back there and get that. And while you're there, particularly particularly, um, if you're here as a visitor, you're here maybe for the first time. We'd love to meet you. Connect back there. And we'd like to learn about you a little bit and share a little bit about Divine Life community at the same time. Now, all these people that walked down here of their own volition, <laughs> this is our part of least of our ministry team, and they're here to pray with you. So this morning, if you need prayer, we have some physical things that will probably be on the screen in a moment. Uh, that we're seeing. If you need prayer for that, if you need prayer for provision, if you need prayer on how to be a better strawberry, whatever it is, God is hearing you. And he'll meet you right here this morning. Okay? God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Remember you walk in the name and power of Jesus. Amen? Amen.